Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Primary Care Podcast for another episode. Uh, this time we're going to the uh, primarycarepod at gmail.com inbox. Uh, that's primarycarepod at gmail.com. Uh, so for today's question from a listener, uh, Dr. List, uh, we hear your podcast every week. Uh, please tell us more about you. Wow. Uh, that's that's uh, that's a good question. Um, so uh, what about me? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a family practitioner. Uh, I work for the uh, Animal Medical Group. I've got three kids, uh, ages... Uh, Eight, six, and three. A busy, busy household. I am married to a beautiful and loving wife. Um, I love music. Uh, as you can tell by the intro, I play guitar. I also play some ukulele, a little bit of piano, and I uh, really like to sing. Uh, I'm a huge nerd. I read a ton. Uh, not only medical stuff, but also books. I try to read 52 books every year, uh, one book a week. Um, big sports fan. Unfortunately, a Husker fan in every way, shape, and form, which is usually a, a, an episode uh, a recipe for uh, heartbreak. I'm a Packer fan. And uh, fun fact, I write fan fiction of MacGyver episodes, but instead of MacGyver, it's actually Brett Favre. And then halfway through the fanfic episode, uh, it actually turns into a romance novel. Wait, maybe, uh, how, 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 how do I delete? How, how do I delete that? Maybe this isn't a good idea. The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast, produced on my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about a, a very important topic. It's a very unsexy, but very important topic, especially for primary care. And I, I, I can't overstate how important this topic is. And we're going to talk about why this incredibly boring topic is so important to primary care. Okay, so the, the article today we're going to talk about, uh, let me pull this up here. Uh, the article is from uh, JAMA Internal Medicine, and this was uh, December, sometime in December of 2019, uh, December 2nd, 2019. And the uh, article is entitled, Effectiveness of a Brief Self-Determination Theory-Based Smoking Cessation Intervention for Smokers at Emergency Departments in Hong Kong, a Randomized Clinical Trial. So, in a nutshell, what this trial was, it was a randomized control trial where they took patients and they came into an ER in Hong Kong and they asked them, do you smoke? And then they randomized them either for traditional uh, traditional uh, smoking cessation things that they would do there uh, at their EAD. And then the other group were in this, uh, they were the test group. Okay. So this was a uh, about 2,000 patients and was actually, sorry, 1,500. Um, and these were all adults, obviously. So half went to the intervention group and half went to the control group. Now, they followed up at 1, 3, 6, and 12 months, primary measure, intention to treat, a biochemically validated abstinence of smoking. So not just asking the patients, have you reduced your smoking or stopped smoking? You'll see that in some of the smoking cessation trials where they just verbally asked the patient, have you stopped smoking or have you reduced your smoking? But this was actually using the uh, nicotine biochemical test to prove that they had stopped smoking. So in the uh, this study, the interesting thing about the study is not that uh, they could get people to stop smoking. Okay, That's not the important part. 
the important part is how they did it. What they did was a one minute, actually less than, but less than a one minute intervention by a nurse. And they showed very uh, a very good improvement in their smoking cessation rates. So what were the what were the uh, what were the results? So the 700 people patients in both groups, okay, and they the one group that was a control group. So what did they have done to them? So the control group, they came in, and when the nurse asked them, "Do you smoke?" they got put in the control group. The control group got a pamphlet and a phone number that said on the pamphlet, like a, uh, basically like in each state has a, um, helpline, a quit line. So basically they had a, a helpline that they were referred to and a pamphlet that said, basically you should stop smoking. And that's what the control group was. Cause that's what their standard was. Okay. The other group. Oh, and, and by the way, 2.8% of those patients, uh, stopped smoking. So that was good. That was just in their control group. So doing doing very little, 2.8% of their, of their patients stopped smoking over the course of a year. Okay. Now in the control group, or sorry, in the intervention group, the one minute intervention was really ridiculously stupid. I mean, it was, it was very, very bare bones, minimum stuff. And I, I want to read this to you. I got to find this here real quick. Uh, okay. So the intervention was uh, the nurse asked them about their smoking history, and then the intervention was warning them about increased risk of death. This is the exact quote that they used, okay? The World Health Organization warns that one out of two smokers will be killed by their smoking. Recent medical research has shown that for those who started smoking at a young age, two out of three will die from their smoking. This high risk is very high and very dangerous to your health. You have decided to quit smoking as you know this is good for you. And that's it. That's the intervention. That that little, almost worthless, meaningless uh, intervention that took, you know, what does it take me, 20 seconds to read that? A nurse did that in an emergency department, not their primary care doctor, not somebody who has influence on them. And, and, it, and that's the intervention. Okay, so what were the results of, the, of that? How, how, how effective was that? Well, we, we said that 2.8% was the baseline. So the improvement was 6.7%. That was the that was the amount of people who had stopped smoking at 12 months. Okay, so almost a 4% absolute risk increase or risk reduction or 4% of people basically stopped smoking compared to intervention. So, well, that's not a mat, that's not that's not uh, here here comes the part of the conversation that I think validates uh everything that we do in primary care. In previous episodes, you've heard me mention that there are some things that matter in primary care. There are some things that matter in health, okay? Stopping smoking moves the healthcare needle, right? It it reduces risk of stroke, it reduces the risk of heart attack, reduces the risk of cancer. All of the major drivers of morbidity and mortality, aside from obesity, which yes, it probably counteracts obesity, but can't have can't have your cake and eat it too. But it, it does so much for health. Obviously, the WHO says one in two smokers will die early from their smoking. If you start smoking early, two thirds. Now those are more industrialized countries or uh, third world countries and second world countries. First world countries, it's closer to the fifteen percent mark or even less than that. But regardless. Here's the thing. We do so much in primary care that does not move the health needle. Maybe it reduces the morbidity with a number needed to treat of 
30. I, I think about things like uh, restless leg syndrome and the fact that like Requip has a double digit number needed to treat to reduce restless leg symptoms by a percentage that's statistically significant on a questionnaire. And yet that's something that we do day in, day out, right? Uh, to treat, right? And and here's the thing that not just treats a symptom, right? Like restless leg, but it actually it actually lowers mortality, it lowers morbidity, it moves the healthcare needle. And how do we do this? Persistency. Right? That 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 persist being persistent. I don't even know if persistency is a is a word, but pers- being persistent. He, here's a ER, a nurse in the ER. This patient doesn't know this nurse from Adam uh, or Eve. This is a completely random person to them. And we know the power of when a physician tells somebody to do something, they are statistically more likely to do it if nobody said it or if their spouse said it or even a family member or somebody that they, because they see the power of the white coat, they see the power of the stethoscope, they see the power of the title. And so when you tell them to do something, it carries more weight. So no, no offense to nurses, but even from nurse to physician, previous studies have shown that there's a power in a physician saying something. So this is a number needed to treat a 25 to greatly impact someone's health care, greatly improve this person's chance of surviving, greatly reduce their morbidity, uh, greatly improve their quality of life with a one-minute pitch. So I think the important thing is this validates what we do as primary care, right? You have somebody who smokes. Getting them to stop smoking is the single most important thing in most of these patients that you can get them to do. And you don't need to beat them over the head with it. You still smoking? Yep. You should really stop smoking. It's really important for your health. Studies have shown that it not only reduces your risk for heart attack, stroke, and cancer, but that's something that would greatly benefit your health. I, I highly recommend you do that. We can either do that now, or we can do a gradual approach where we slow down smoking and, and stop on your own. If you are interested today, let me know, and we can give you more resources. Otherwise, keep thinking about it and keep trying to slow down on the amount that you are smoking. That took me less than a minute to say. And every single time that patient comes in, yes, it's annoying that you, they are continuing to smoke. But these are the things that matter. And sometimes burnout, sometimes getting through the day, getting through a schedule, getting through a physical, getting through an appointment. The person comes in with a cold, but you know they smoke. Every time that you can use that less than one minute elevator pitch could be the time that takes them in that 100%, it gets them out of that 94% who keep smoking and puts them in that 6%. And, and this is this is just validates everything about stopping smoking, how important it is, how easy it is to do, and how the number needed to treat is incredibly small compared to all the other things we do in medicine. So this is one thing where be an advocate for your patient. This matters. Don't be an a-hole. Be an advocate. And utilize this time. We talk about in, in we talk about reducing burnout. These are tangible things that you can do for any patient, regardless of how minimal their socioeconomic status is, how minimal their means are, how they can't even come to appointments, they're homeless. You get them to stop smoking, and it makes an impact on their lives. Period. End of story. So important. And this study validates that you don't even need to do much to get there. So that's all I got for today. Is just keep doing what you're doing. Keep keeping your heart open 
and get your burnout down. Do the things that you need to do every time. Tell them to tell them to stop smoking every single time they come in. Reduce their risk for multiple diseases and reduce their chance of dying early from their smoking. That's it for today. Like what we did today? Have any questions or concerns? Email us at primarycarepod at gmail.com with any thoughts, questions, concerns, or interesting topics or articles that you want me to get into. Of note, I am trying to work on this CME. The animal medical group is being quite slow. The person that I'm actually working with actually left their position, and I'm getting a new person to work with with the CME thing. So I've talked about it for three months, and uh, if you knew how long it took me to get this approved from the animal, the, even this podcast, let alone the CME part, uh, you would not be surprised that it's taken me three months to work on the CME part of it. Um, I thought I had an entire routine and and project down with this, and then this person left their job. So uh, more to come on this. I promise I am working on the free CME on the background, but uh, if you hear that uh, default ending, uh, just know that it should be coming, I promise. Well, I hope. I promise that I hope. I promise that I hope that I will work on this and get this done. All right, uh, that's it for today. A reminder, you don't need to stay up all night to stay up to date. Thanks and have a great day.